you want to figure out how can I go out there in the world and feel quote unquote normal. I had the privilege of meeting incredible people that you would really only meet by chance. There's a lot of places on this planet that have humbled the shit out of me. I think the thing that makes you unique and different is the thing that's going to position you for success. I don't shine if you don't shine. I was glowing. You were truly in my damn homeland. Hi guys, welcome back to Aunt Goes the Podcast. I believe this is episode 14. I kind of lost count <laughs> because we do all these like special episodes, but let's gonna we're gonna stick with episode Our 14. Specials. Yeah. <laughs> this one's entitled Cozy Girl Fall. Our lovely Farron is gonna be taking the most of the reins on this most one. Of them. Majority Half of the of reins. The reins. <laughs> uh, Rebecca's here fresh from the Maldives, Maldives. I am. Maldives. <laughs> Uh, which I'm sure she's not super thrilled because it's definitely rainy and cold here, but it's fine. And then we have a lovely guest with us, Rhonda Shaheen Larkin. She is the owner of Homegrown Apothecary here in Portland and also a competitive snowboarder, which is really awesome. And uh, we're going to be talking about fall winter travel, um, how to like maintain your peace in your space in the fall. Because I feel like this is in like winter because I feel like this is the time where everybody kind of sticks into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and if you do decide to travel, like where are the best places to go if you want to like beat the cold um, or if you want to embrace the cold. So we're going to talk about that. Rhonda, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, Farron, do you want to take yeah. over? Go for it, girl. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so Cozy Girl Fall, I feel like we're in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And literally there's mist outside because it was super foggy this morning, which was <laughs> So spooky and great. Um, But yeah, I want to hear, like, I've got my own cozy girl fall tips, but I would love to hear how we're all kind of embracing um, the change of weather. And Mm -hmm. Sarita, to your point, like, we are staying home more and it's it we just had daylight savings so we mm-hmm. got i feel very fresh faced and like i got 12 hours of sleep last night rebecca 12 did not seem like that no 12 I hours i fell asleep on the couch at 7 30. what my Damn. body is still adjusting to the time difference but i got to bed around like 6 30 a.m and then my alarm went off at 7 12. oh, <laughs> oh no yeah, i was like tossing oh, and turning no. the whole night but i will say when i got back uh i think i got back at like 2 p.m. on Friday. I text Sarita and Brittany, and the next thing I know, it was like 2 p.m. the next day on Whoa. Saturday. So I lost a whole day. <laughs> I think I slept for 24 consecutive hours. So I'm, I'm set. Yes. Hmm. Have you reset? No. No. No, not okay. at all. <laughs> I don't know how I'm here right now, honestly. I'm so and glad you're here such right a tough one. Duh. It really is. Yeah. I, the trade-off was, was worth it for sure, but it was just like, it was a lot. I don't know if I could do it again. I was gonna say this is literally your second time doing it. I know. And then you're gonna do it again. I feel I like I had this thought after the first time. I was like twenty three consecutive hours of travel is too much. And then I was I guess I forgot. Yeah. And I went back. Yeah. And then now you're in it. Here I am. My thing for Cozy Girl Fall, just to kind of kick it off a little bit, is um, this time of year is always the holidays for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like Thanksgiving, which I just call like family day. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up and all of that stuff. And it's just like, it's like a time of like food mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. soups and, soups. <laughs> you know, things like that. Like, I, I'm not allowed to burn candles anymore because I always forget that they're lit. So I don't burn oh, candles. That was one of the essential rules on yeah. the list, <laughs> I can't, I forget that they're lit and then I'll like go out for the rest of the night and then I'll be like, holy crap, I have candles oh, in the no. house. And like, I'll get back to my house and they're like, <laughs> like blowing all crazy and like I I put myself on a no candle rule because okay. I'm obviously not mature enough to handle it. I do sage. I do sage. Ooh. Can you um, tell us about that? Because I've been interested in dabbling. Well, in you sage. probably know more about sage than I do. Well, they're just they're ceremonial and like clean and a cleansing mm. concept. And then um Palo Santo actually is pretty cool for that as well. It's they're yeah. smudge sticks, but they're made from this wood and it just has such a divine smell. Mm. The Palo Santo I mostly use for the bathroom. I know that's like the Palo Santo. Yeah, because yeah. it just overpowers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like it's like nothing even <laughs> happened. To be right. honest, um, I recently went to New Mexico and I got some sage. I guess they would be called bushels, mm. um, but it's like a bunch of different things in in one. It's like sage, it's sweet grass, and it's there's another one. What there's like another kind of. Is that an herb? I guess maybe mugwort, like a smudge stick. Yeah, or? and it and I just like go around my house and I do a little like cleansing and oh, you know I, I just kind of like and it kind of makes me just feel really good and comfortable and safe and mm-hmm. you know um, again like I said with the soups I am an Instapot influencer I've fallen off my game a little bit but I've been making a lot of soups like I have a lovely oxtail stew waiting Ooh. for me for Ooh, lunch today. Yeah, right. yeah. So fancy. <laughs> so those are like my cozy girl fall stuff um winter travel is just not even in my sphere Mm -hmm. like I just don't even know how to get to the point where I'm planning a trip for the winter if it's not a trip back home to Philly to see my family or anything like that Mm -hmm. so like I'll appreciate any tips which is funny because my husband won't travel unless we're going skiing really yeah and my dad's Egyptian so my my parents have been trying to get us to go to Egypt for a while and it's been like three years now of him being like, ah, I'd rather go here. So my mom's just like, I don't understand. He doesn't want to see the Mediterranean. And I'm like, he just wants to ski. <laughs> like, I cannot. Bottom line. I'm so scared of skiing. Like, it Have terrifies. you ever before? Yeah, and I had a, I never told you this story? No. Okay, buckle up. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh-oh. I was like, I was like 14 or 13. And um, we used to go to the Poconos. You know, guys know what the Poconos is? Oh, that's where I grew up. That's where I learned to ride. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we used to go to the Poconos because it was so close. It's in Pennsylvania. It's so close to Philly. It just always sounds like it's going to be somewhere tropical to me. <laughs> I know. It's, it's very misleading. So we used to go to this resort called Shawnee, which, um, you know, there was like a lot of things there. Like there's like a whole recreation center with like a swimming pool and, you know, there's a skating rink and all these things and like, you know, terrible food. Uh, but My mom used to sign me up for ski lessons. I'm like, okay, cool. So she signed me up. I don't know what happened, but somehow I lost the group. And I ended up trying to catch up with them, and I got on the wrong lift. Oh, no. And so I got on a lift that took me up to, I don't even know if it's a mountain, a hill, whatever. It was very (gasps) tall. It was very, very tall. And I ended, and you can't, like, get off midway. <laughs> like, you no, have to, like, no. so I was shook. And I was, like, I'm 13, which is preteen. So, like, you know, I was, like, okay, how am I going to get down here? And everybody was, like, just go. Go. I'm, like, I don't even know these people. Like, at this point, I'm, like, crying because I'm, like, I'm up on this thing. I don't know how to get down. <laughs> Literally, I took off my skis <laughs> and left them. And I walked down. Stop oh. it. <laughs> I walked down the whole thing. <laughs> it took me like two hours. 
It was so tragic. My feet were killing me by the time I got back. Like, I was so upset. I was crying. What did you do with your skis? I left them there. Did did you have to run and rent them? Yeah, I didn't care about those skis (gasps) at that point. I was like, these skis can honestly kiss my ass like <laughs> I just cause I wasn't gonna ski down the mountain I don't know how to ski right, right. like they kept telling me like pizza something yeah. yeah french fries mm-hmm. pizza and I'm like dude like I tried french fries and pizza for like two seconds and then I was like I'm going to die you like, surely would have died hurt. you probably yeah, would have gotten like, hurt yeah. so I mean I just walked and I basically like butt scooted the ways yeah. that like I couldn't really go and like did you a shanty scoot down a mountain <laughs> <laughs> I did basically <laughs> <laughs> we see it all the time. And and just throwing it out there, there's an Instagram called Jerry of the Day. Yeah. And it's usually like just people making ridiculous mistakes on skis and snowboards. It's and so it's like a hard thing to do. It is. I just basically gave up and I haven't put on a pair of skis or anything ever since. Like I've never tried it again. And I'm honestly like I'm good. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that experience when I got to the bottom. And, like, they were waiting for me, so they thought that they mm-hmm. lost me. And, like, my mom was there, and she was... And this was before cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like, she was pissed. Mm-hmm. Like, she was down there cussing everybody out. How literally. did you lose my child? How did you lose yeah. my child? That's and then really they were, like... Because there was also, like, a bunch of six-year-olds in the group. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, me. Who, yeah, so it was a mess. But, yeah, ever since then, I don't... It's not my bag. Can I just say, with the help of Rhonda, hopefully... And then our collective spirit, we're going to get to the mountain this year and try it again, Sarita. Who? All of us. <laughs> I'm team I said on she goes. I feel like I'm team opera ski. I would like a nice snowsuit, perhaps Ooh, like a glass like a of something. Yes. 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 I'm team opera ski. I like want a fur headband. I'm trying to serve you Joan Collins. Okay. <laughs> I, have, I, have a I respect that too. Yeah. I just Wait, are you going to actually get on the mountain and ski though? No, I'm just no. the opera. <laughs> Is my bad. I can do that. I feel like at this point, my joints. There's nothing wrong with my joints, but I just don't. I don't want to compromise <laughs> like a knee or a bone. You know, I'm just like too old to recover. I feel like that's what I'm saying. Yes. Like I don't have the time to like. If I didn't learn then, I feel like it's over. My for body me. doesn't have the time. No, we can do it. We, we can. can. We could just chill on like a small slope, or even the bunny hill, or like we could do it. We could do it. I have the patience. I think. To mm. just come with you all and just chill for a day. And then we can properly operate ski. I want to okay. know, how did you right. get into <laughs> competitive snowboarding? Yeah, that's a really good question. So <laughs> I grew up in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. um, in the Poconos. Woo-woo. And my Ooh, girlfriends yeah, were yeah, skiers. And they were all like, you got to sign up for a ski club. Which ski club is just this, the school drives you to the ski resort like five Fridays out of the winter and brings you back. So I didn't know how to ski. I didn't know how to snowboard. So I started skiing initially and I just had a kind of keep up with them and I didn't take any lessons so I definitely was just winging it and then at one point I was like oh snowboarding looks so cool I really want to try it so I decided to get a snowboard instead of skis and it was the most horrible experience of my life <laughs> just like you're saying I kept falling on my knees I kept falling on my butt and then my tailbone just felt like I broke it and so I was like screw this I'm going back to skis and then the next season I was like oh man that snowboarding just looks really fun and I tried it again and really stuck to it. And mm-hmm. even though I did a lot of falling and my tailbone again felt like it was gonna break, Ugh. I just was really determined to stick to it. And so then eventually I did what's called a falling leaf where you're like maneuvering down the mountain on one edge of your snowboard instead of turning on both of your edges. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cheating, but it worked. I like was able to at least follow the girls and get mm-hmm. down the hill a little bit. But then from there, it just, just started progressing. And I just found myself really loving it. And I ended up going to Penn State my first year of college, but as a snowboard instructor at 
um, Big Boulder, Jack okay. Frost, and mm. then just kept sticking to it, and I loved it so much. And then I, I remember one season was so short, and I was like, man, I got to get out of here. Mm. And um, Mount Hood has year-round skiing, so I was like, well, I'm going to go to Mount Hood. I'm going to ride all year, all year long, you know? Mm. So then I transferred from Penn State to Portland State, and then I came out here and finished college. And then when I finished college, that's when I started competing. So, what, so your first competition was right after college? Mm, well, I competed on the East Coast a little bit, but I'd say just more like like diving into it full time. Mm-hmm. Started after college, just because it was really hard with college to to mm-hmm. work full time and go to school and fit mm-hmm. in the tiny mm-hmm. snowboard. Because you really have to treat it like a job if you want to do it competitively. You gotta yeah. really give it at least five days a week of <laughs> of work. You know, so. Well, part of my ignorance, like, what is, so, like, is this, like, the Olympics that, like, what are you competing in? Like, is it, like, national snowboarding championships? Of it's it's changed over time. So, back in the day, I used to compete more in rail jams. So, I did, like, an event called Supergirl down in L.A. where they would set up, like, a snowboard scaffolding set up mm-hmm. on, the, on the beach. And I'd be walking to the beach with my snowboard. And wow. people were like, where the hell are you going with this <laughs> snowboard? And I'm like, I'm going to go snowboard on Venice Beach. Wait, would they have, like, fake snow? <clears throat> Yeah, so they set up like a scaffolding setup and then they, a lot of places will either truck in snow if it's nearby and if not, then they'll take huge chunks of ice and put it through a shredder and it like shreds it and then they just kind of coat the surface of the scaffolding setup. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually had a bunch of events down in Pioneer Square here in Portland a few years back too and I was involved in those too. And Mm -hmm. um, So it transitioned, so I used to do more rails and, and park back in the day and now that I'm a little older I've used my wisdom to do more Big Mountain now. And there's um, a series called um, the Freeride World Tour. Okay. And so I'm in the qualifier events trying to qualify for the tour because they only take one person from US and Canada. Oh, And then cool. one person from Europe to do those events, so. Oh, wow, that would be cool. So you would represent the US and Canada, like both? like or um, Well, I'd represent like the North US, America. but they just only take one person from the North American region. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that cool. Is, well, I hope you get it. Thanks. Yeah. 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 I was super, super so close dope. last year, so I'm going to give another whirl this year and see, hopefully I can get on. Wow, that's so. Because you like do competitive snowboarding, like, because it's a job basically. Like, mm-hmm. are you more interested in like traveling without snow? I do love warm weather, but I tend to travel for snowboarding more than I do for warm really. Weather. Yeah, like I can't think of anywhere I've gone warm this year. But I already oh. went to New Zealand in um, September, so I'm like chasing the opposite hemisphere for more cold weather. Wow! So. Wow! You are chasing the snow. Yeah, Whereas that is Rebecca. That's what my Instagram is. Yeah, I'm that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I like the winter, though. I love the snow. Winter's Do my, you? Winter's, I love fall. Like, it encompasses me, but the winter's my favorite because my birthday is in the winter. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love the snow and, like, going out and doing snow activities. I used to be all about it. Yeah. Wow. You guys are blowing my mind. I don't like the ice, which is what we get here. We don't really <laughs> yeah. get. We don't get snow snow here. Well, Well, that's because we don't clean up the snow here, which is why we get ice. Yeah. (laughs) I like like, a nice six-foot pile of snow. You just jump into it. Mm. It's fun. I have not jumped into a pile of snow. Well, you can go up to the mountain and get that. I'm like, Portland definitely rarely gets snow, but when we do get snow up here, that to me means that the snow on the mountain is just incredible. So I'm all like, ooh, it's gonna snow Portland. (laughs) I'm going to the mountain. So what are your, my biggest thing is it's such a time intensive, like just driving up to the mountain. And then a lot of times I'm exhausted by the evening. So um, I don't really like driving back in the dark. So do you have tips for like, if you do just want to hit up the mountain for the weekend, what are the best ways to maximize your time up there and less time on the scary roads? Um, and I, if you're not experienced. Yeah, yes. so I'd say time because really, 
I've seen a huge influx of people going to Mount Hood, especially with the, the population increase in Portland. Yeah. So getting to the mountain on the weekends can be really, really timely, like three hours for what normally would be like an hour drive. Yeah. So I'd say the earlier you get up, the better. Like, mm-hmm. I know it sucks to get up super early, but get up super early, get to the mountain like two hours before the chair even opens, but that gives you time to eat breakfast there mm-hmm. and kind of relax a little bit and not feel rushed. Otherwise, you're just going to sit in a car. Yeah. Coming down's hit or miss because accidents can sometimes shut down the, the road, so just be prepared with some money to hang out at Opry if you mm-hmm. need to. But um, from there, I'd say really coming down, like, between 1 and 2 p.m. is probably a good time to beat the, the coming down traffic. Okay. So I've you're going to get up there really before. early, yeah. and you're going to leave <laughs> yep. kind of early. Okay, so, that's cool. So it's like you're either going to leave really early or stick it out and leave later, like right. 7 p.m. or something. Which so. is scary. Like that – the switchbacks up there and the traffic and like there's parts of the twist up that I always get kind of anxious and it's the anxiety of the road travel that Mm -hmm. a lot of times keeps me from going to the mountain but once you're on the mountain you're like this is the best Mm -hmm. so I've never been there Oh, you haven't been here? I haven't been here oh, for what? six years. I've never been up there. Oh, yeah, so I've gone driven past it. it, I guess, going to Bend for stuff, but yeah. like I've never been to Mount Hood. Well, and even driving to Bend, you're not really getting the view or what it has to offer. You're kind of mm-hmm. just doing the quick drive by. But um, Mount Hood Meadows in the winter is super fun. I'm actually an ambassador for them as a ski resort, but they cool. have great terrain, um, really good for beginners. They've got great instructors. Um, and then in the summer, you can go up to Timberline Lodge, and they have really great views of just the, the scenery because they're that. up high above the tree line. So, mm-hmm. What are your, like, top five places for, like, mountain snow ski travel kind of thing in the entire world? Okay, so... Like on a beginner level, or just what I personally like. I would you, say I would say personally, yeah. I want to hear. Yeah. About the well, big I go ones. to New Zealand every year. I love it. I love wow. the people. I love is so stunning there. Um, there's these ski resorts specifically called the Club Fields mm-hmm. on the north part of the South Island. Um, but there are these five ski resorts where you have to wear this harness and a chain, and it has a metal clamp that you have to like grab this tow rope and then wrap this clamp around it, and then be secure before you get to the first pulley because you'll basically chop your fingers off if you're still hanging onto the rope like these <laughs> these tow ropes would not exist in the states because of the liability that goes with them oh but they're gosh. so awesome they're definitely like a love-hate relationship but they're they're so oh. unique and i haven't seen them anywhere else in the world but they're not for the faint of heart either yeah. and then one resort called temple basin um they have a, a lift that will take your equipment up to the ski resort but you have to hike an hour just to get to the ski resort in the snow in the snow Jeez. so you know like these resorts are definitely not for the faint of heart so it weans out the beginners right. and, and to me they're just so unique and so fun so i find myself going back every year because yeah. i just love it um chile was really fun i went to chile too and that was really unique and um all the resorts are are pretty different and since the country's so skinny and long they're they're pretty spread out um i love canada like interior bc Mm. is super fun um i hate colorado really it's it to me it's like a glorified east coast it's Mm -hmm. tends to be icy and if they get snow they're measuring it in inches while here in the pacific northwest we measure our snow in feet Mm. um Mm. it gets really really cold it's like negative 20 windshields jeez consistently like that's just normal you know and so that's why i like the pacific northwest and i live here is because it's like 20s you know Mm -hmm. we get snow but it's never like that cold so it's like pretty manageable Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what about places with like the best view or like even like luxury kind of like like if you are 
if you want to try skiing, but you also just want like the idea of it. Cause like when I think about stuff like this, I think about like beautiful resort, hot chocolate, mm-hmm. hot toddy, like fireplace. fireplaces, yes. Rebecca's fur lined, you know, <laughs> cap, like Aww. that kind of thing. Um, I really think like Tahoe has a lot to offer just mm-hmm. cause they do have the view. Um, they've got a lot of apres going on. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, they get casinos on the South shore and mm-hmm. the lake's just beautiful. And there are a lot of activities outside of skiing and snowboarding there. So, um, it seems really family oriented too, in, in the sense of just providing more amenities for people with kids, and, right. and it's not just totally ski and snowboard. Right. Um, so I'd say that's a really great place to go. Um, Whistler's really fun too, and they have really good opera and, and a lot to do mm-hmm. outside of skiing and snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called, opera? Opera, yeah. yeah. When it's like just like fancy time. Um, it's like post ski yeah, beverages. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yes. That's what I want to do. But you know what that means, Rita. Yeah, I said we got to ski first. Oh, no. I'm just going to look at you <laughs> That's guys. That's the recipe I'm for gonna it. I'm going to watch y'all ski, <laughs> oh. and then I'm going to have... So by the time you get back down, I'll be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, are all of these places, like, I know, like, growing up, I remember, like, we were probably one of the only black families out mm. there. Like, are all of these places pretty inviting for people of color, like, pretty diverse and stuff? I'd, I'd say that I've never had issues with any kind of mm-hmm. hostility anywhere. Um... They're not necessarily the most diverse, but yeah. I think you do get more diversity in like Colorado and Lake Tahoe and mm-hmm. certain areas. I think once you get to Canada, it starts getting a little, yeah. little less diverse. Canada, but yeah. totally. <laughs> um, but I'd say, I mean, everybody's been really welcoming. I, I've never felt any hostility. If anything, there's this pass called an Icon Pass where it's um, one lump sum, but it does um, maybe like 32 different ski resorts. Oh, wow. And some of the ski resorts that have jumped on that pass have seen a huge influx of tourists coming okay. um like B- big sky for example mm. and so now they're hostile to people who have that pass and it's not a uh, racial thing yeah, it's just more just of like a like a... you're taking up my space yeah. get out of here you know yeah. so okay growing up in so i grew up in uh spokane washington which is right by idaho and um yeah so mm-hmm. i i grew up going to schweitzer but really late in the game like all my friends those that did go to the mountain every weekend started skiing at like four, five, six, and they're like cute little mini skis. So basically they were really, really, really good. Um, And I think Sarita, similar to you, started like maybe 12 or 13, and my best friend took me up there. I'd never skied before. Mom and dad had never skied. Um, And we go up to Schweitzer, and it's this beautiful, like feels like this snow globe looking Mm -hmm. ski resort. Um, And definitely, I mean, I don't know if it's a mixture of like Idaho, um, but also skiing's somewhat expensive, like by the time you rent everything and head up there. But lots and lots of pretty affluent, like whiter families. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was cool. Like it's, there's still, for the handful of people that have skied their whole life, there's also people like us that are like okay let's ski for the first time and everyone's really supportive and like wants you to have a good time so Mm -hmm. we should try it Sarita and Rebecca that was a question that I had um because I've always just thought it was so cost prohibitive just based on everything that I knew from my childhood I had only seen skiing on tv and it was always like dynasty which is (laughs) which is why I'm talking about Joe and Colin how much does skiing cost like all in like with just the basics of skiing and what do you actually need to ski because that's still incredibly ignorant to what you actually need I just assume it's like seven Um, layers of clothes yeah a boot (laughs) so I always when I pack I think toe to head so I start with you got to get your socks base layers then your outerwear, your boots, 
and then you start thinking about your top, the top of your head. You need your gloves. How many um, pairs of socks? Just one. Okay. The more you the more you um, suffocate your feet in your boots, you're actually going to have colder feet. But I am a huge proponent of disposable toe warmers because oh. I have really bad circulation and my toes go cold really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like you can go to Costco and buy like a thirty pack of boot warmers and they're like 10 bucks you know so mm. I'm a big big advocate of that I have I have tons of them in my backpack um but so one pair of socks don't don't suffocate your feet and use some toe warmers if you <laughs> think like you're a gonna quality be sock though right yeah I mean they make specific socks for snowboarding or skiing that have like certain um they'll like let go of certain pressure points in your sock like it's thinner in certain areas mm. um and thicker in other areas you know and they're also long because if they're too short then your boots are going to rub up against your chins and, Ouch. and that's not yeah. very fun either so you want them to be longer they'll come kind of come up to your knees um but again so going back to what you need it's gloves and then from there um a hat or a helmet definitely i'm a big advocate of a helmet yes um goggles and then maybe a face mask too to keep your face warmer because I don't like to have my skin exposed so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you find that the weather is like rough on your skin at all or like the snow yeah but I wear a face mask a lot but mm-hmm. I think it is really important to wear a sunscreen or like something that will help protect the sun and the wind because mm-hmm. I've seen some athletes that I don't think take care of their skin and Oof. I'm just like damn you got some leather face going on really bad <laughs> yeah. and it's like half of your face too because you've got the goggles so it's more of like a five o'clock shadow <laughs> going on you know so I, I'm not I'm not a fan of the goggle tan some people really love it but i just look like i need to go shave so <laughs> <laughs> i don't like yeah. the at all oh my god so back to to price though like when I, you're renting out all your stuff versus when you own all your stuff what does that all look like um, you, and you probably I, can't lie, all I don't really you? know because i haven't bought equipment in a really long time Damn. but i'd say initially you should try to get used equipment just because you don't really know what you want you know mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of one of those things where you're going to learn and you don't really need new stuff when you're learning because you are still kind of figuring it all out but so with that said I, I try would try to buy used equipment if not I mean new boots are probably like 200 bucks mm-hmm. new snowboard is like four to six hundred bucks um, bindings are about two hundred dollars your outerwear is going to be about two hundred dollars yeah. to three hundred depending on how waterproof you want it to be Goggles are like another hundred dollars. Gloves are another like sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. So it all adds up pretty fast. And then lift tickets are ridiculous. How like how much? Well, so that's why I was telling you about that the Icon <laughs> Pass. Like there's diff- there's a, three different passes I can think of specifically where you're paying one sum and then you have unlimited access or a certain amount of access to thirty different ski resorts. Something mm-hmm. like that is so much more affordable. So like I paid six hundred and twenty dollars for my Icon Pass. Okay, and that okay. gets me five lift tickets to. 32 resorts plus oh. unlimited to a handful like un- unlimited to crystal mountain which is up in washington but 620 dollars compared to like big skies on that pass and their day season their day ticket is like 130 dollars mm. oh. and then squaw okay. valley yeah, is like 170 dollars for a day ticket mm-hmm. so like that adds up really fast yeah. and for how much i snowboard a 620 dollars mm-hmm. season pass is yeah. just way That's, more affordable yeah. Mount Hood's a little different. I think they're more in, like, the $70 range for a day ticket. Um, but you can also do, like, 10 packs. Like, I think Mount Hood Meadows does a 10-pack where if you're not going to really ski that often, you can basically do, like, a 10-time punch card. 
Um, so there's options, but if you're planning on going more than once or twice a season, I would look into some sort of multi-ticket option. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, it is really expensive, and I think that's yeah. why there isn't more diversity on the mountain. Is it's just as expensive as golf and yeah, yeah, mountain, right? all these other mm-hmm. sports that are just so expensive for the equipment yeah. and the access to get on the resort. You know, for sure. Because if you don't want to ski, like there's other things you can do. I think I've seen like people on tubes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. shoes, snowshoeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like you can do this. Or do you still have to like get lift tickets for those things or probably the tubing because usually there's liability involved and they still have to take you up somehow anything that has to take you up somehow is gonna you're gonna have to pay for it okay um but snowshoeing if you're starting in a parking lot probably not or like cross-country skiing you could probably just go do that on your own or Mm -hmm. even a lot of people with split boards so there's um you know with skis it's just they, they call them skins but they it's like a it's like a faux fur sort of material that um, sticks to the bottom of your skis and it doesn't let you slide backwards. So you're basically like shuffling your way up. Okay. And then um, in snowboarding, it's called a split board, but it splits so you could shuffle up and then you put the snowboard back together again at the top and then you come back down on your one snowboard. That's cool. But that is another option as far as like not having to buy lift tickets because you're working for the uphill. Right. And that's so, I can't imagine how strenuous and draining that must be. Seems like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. (laughs) I I mean, it's really important to stay in shape during the off season because the uphill is definitely a lot to do with competitive snowboarding in general or at least backcountry skiing and snowboarding. Um, So just running and doing like I love to mountain bike in the summer we live mm. close to the sandy ridge up on Mount Hood but that uphill is one of my favorite like cardio workouts because mm-hmm. then you get the downhill and it's a reward on the mountain yeah. bike but um it's definitely important I mean besides that though like skiing is really it's physically enduring so as beginners like I just tend to see a lot of people come up and they're like I'm gonna ski all day and then they take like four runs and they're like I'm done I'm tired <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know yeah. it's like the more Physically, in, the more physically in shape you are, the more fun you'll get out of it. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I wanted to know, ask you a little bit about uh, the apothecary side. Okay. Um, how did you get into that? <laughs> so. And can you explain to us what apothecary is? I was like, because an apothecary is a person, but it's also a place. It's a place. So it's back in the day before we had like corporate pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. you had apothecaries and they basically had um, somewhat kind of like an alchemist but Mm -hmm. there are people that would mix together tonics and different herbal remedies for you to come purchase in order to get better they Mm -hmm. were like health and wellness alternatives to what we now call pharmacies so okay yeah how did you get into that um so i did break my neck snowboarding one time whoa super matter of fact like um it well it was really life-changing and super positive so yeah. i don't look at it oh as like gosh. oh my god i got hurt are you okay i'm totally okay and okay. i'm super lucky because i broke the same vertebrae as christopher reeves <gasps> and he's whoa. a quadriplegic and i had two fractures so i had to wear an external halo which is really hard to wear, and I wore that for a couple months before I was able to take it off, and it was a 50-50 chance if I needed surgery in my neck or not. Yeah. So I avoided the surgery. I was able to heal on my own. Oh, my oh. goodness. But like I said, it was super life-changing. So I started eating really well, and I was looking at what nutritional supplements I could take in order to give my body what it really needed to mm-hmm. heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I started eating more organic foods, and just finding like plant health and wellness was really key in my recovery Mm -hmm. um also like acupuncture and things that Mm -hmm. just aren't normally considered in western medicine um but that was where I started thinking more about plant health and wellness and then I was working for the school that was a boarding school for skier and snowboards like um that wanted to be Olympians Mm -hmm. 
So I was working there for a while. I helped them get their license as a boarding school, and so I've already had that experience of like licensing and reading rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. And so my husband at the time was like, hey, you know, Oregon's going to start issuing out licenses for medical dispensaries. And I thought, well, let me read the rules and see if this is something that's attainable for us. And so I read the rules and was like, this is a cakewalk. We could totally yeah. get a license. <laughs> so then from there, we just started looking for a building. We bought the building that we're in and um, applied for the license. And rest is history such a beautiful that is space so cool. yeah that if you guys so cool. ever come to portland oregon you you have to check out homegrown apothecary it's a beautiful beautiful space like you can't miss the gorgeous sign Aww. i live down the street from it it's really pre- it's really really beautiful and you guys also have cannabis as well we do yeah okay cool so like what would you suggest for like i feel like one of the big things that i hear all the time is like people get bummed out when the summer's over not rebecca she loves the fall <laughs> she wants to put on her strong looks Karen wants to have I pumpkin I, t- I don't know what she's gonna do with all that pumpkin tea by her desk drink um, it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drink it um but like for someone like myself and a few other people I know sometimes it can get a little like I'm bummed out like what kind of like I guess like oils or tinctures or like mixes would you suggest for like mood enhancement and or even cannabis strains and or like uh just kind of beating that like besides vitamin d I think I take vitamin d until my like brain explodes like i'm not a bad thing i'm on so much vitamin d (laughs) and i don't even know if i'm supposed to be taking it every day i do it's like fifty (laughs) thousand, whatever an mcg is but like is there anything like naturally that you would suggest whether they're oils or like i don't know like herbs or how to like mix things up i don't know the proper terms so um well we do have a tincture in stock called sunny spray it's Mm -hmm. like a one-to-one one to one is a term that means ratio wise between mm-hmm. um, the two cannabinoids, so THC and CBD. So it basically means there's equal parts of each cannabinoid, but it's formulated to be more uplifting because um, it's using sativa sativa specific strains, mm-hmm. and then it's got some other herbs in there that it just tastes really good. But mm-hmm. hence the sunny spray; it's just really bright, so it definitely has that uplifting feeling. Do you to like it. spray it into your mouth? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like banaca style. Ooh, yeah. Whoa, okay. that's cool. Yeah, that. so I'm a big advocate spray. of that. So I mean, everyone in the store, like employee-wise, we all have one. My husband mm-hmm. has one, so that's definitely numero uno on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, I I'd really think honing down on certain strains is is a little varying because everyone's reactions to terpenes are different. Which terpenes are the natural oils that occur in the plant, kind of like. Um, Lemons have that natural lemon scent because there's a lot of lemonine in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so same thing with cannabis. You have some cannabis strains that could be more lemony and some that are more piney. And um, learning what terpenes work well for you will help you realize like what if what terpenes give you what certain effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only say that just because you know um, Andy, who works with us at the store, she's more of an indica girl. So mm-hmm. she loves those terpenes that are like. Um, grounding and and gives you that body high. Well, I'm more of a sativa girl because I'm like I got a lot of shit to do. Same. I just mm-hmm. Definitely want to be a little bit more uplifted, <laughs> you know. But I'm finding that it's not just a sativa indica thing. It's the terpenes because there's some indicas that have terpenes that work well for me, and so mm-hmm. they'll work well and not be sedating. Well, there's some sativas that have terpenes that I hate, and so for me they're not going to work. So mm-hmm. so I'm now learning that it's about the terpenes and not necessarily the strain or sativa or indica Mm -hmm. are there any kind of like i don't know is burning herbs a thing like i know i have a diffuser now which i'm super Mm -hmm. into like are there any oils that you that you would suggest like putting in a diffuser to kind of like uplift or revive get Mm -hmm. the juices flowing um frankincense is good Mm -hmm. and then anything that's like like lavender is really good it's calming but it's it's definitely like reviving in a way just because it's it's a little sharp 
in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, peppermint's really good because it's really uplifting. Um, but you were asking about smoking herbs. You can smoke herbs too. Like we have some herbal cigarettes at the store that are not cannabis and not hemp based. They're just a variety of different herbs, but there's also different blends. So one is called like Clear Mind, and that one has like Gotu Cola and peppermint and certain herbs that are meant to be more uplifting for your mind. Do you up- inhale that like a regular cigarette? Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. We're taking a trip. Yeah, we're taking a trip. Take a trip. Yeah, I'm gonna come on over. So I recently got lavender, and I put it like just from Whole Foods, and I'll just put it on my arm, Mm -hmm. like little droplets on my arm, and sniff it right before I go to bed. Did I just make that up, or is that a thing? (laughs) Should I be putting in the diffuser? Like I I just put it straight up on my skin. Um, And you know. I've asked a lot of herbalists what their thoughts are about ingesting Mm. um, topicals or not topicals, essential oils or using them as topicals. Um, Using them as topicals, I've been told you want to dilute it like in fractionated coconut oil. Um, It seems like your skin's handling it well, which Mm -hmm. is totally fine. But some people are really sensitive. And so that's why the diluting factor is important. Okay, Diffusers are great because you are just kind of like aromatizing the whole Mm -hmm. space instead of just that general area that you're in. Um, But people do it all the time. I mean, I hear about people putting lavender essential oils on their their pillows yeah and then that oh, way yeah. it's just there for them to smell while they're trying to rest so, so nice my yeah. mom for christmas last year gave me like these oils but they're just like roller balls and mm. i think I, i've just i no one told me where to put them so i just like, <laughs> roll them on my temples that's not that's a good way to go yeah and like here and i'm like i usually i don't know i don't i can't tell if it works because they're like de-stress immunity but they all <laughs> smell the same so i don't oh. know if it's a, if it's a trap, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'd say a essential oils are amazing. Yeah. B herbal medicine in general is best in a long term use. Like you can't take a tincture once and then just be like, I'm cured or yeah. this yeah. is working great. You know, like it's something with with practice and and long term usage. Mm-hmm. Um, some herbs you don't want to take long term, but most of them are totally fine to take long term. Okay. I feel like um, everybody's like using CBD now. It's like really popular, and I even oh, see it's CBD. In everything. Yeah. Everything. But like, do you feel like the market is just like too saturated with that stuff at this point, where it's going to become like it just feels like at some point like it's like trend. is it just even yeah. w- working like, anymore? Yeah. Like, yes, I do think it's working. Yes, I do think it's becoming a trend. Mm-hmm. And yes, I think it's oversaturated. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a matter of being smart about where you're buying your products and making sure that it's someone's regulating them to make sure that they're actually what they're. Right. marketing in their products. Um, I do think it works. I just think you got to find a quality product mm-hmm. so you're not just buying duds. Yeah. Because I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of duds on the market. I always wonder, I have these, like, um, Mr. Moxie's mints. Oh, yeah. I had the ginger ones that were, like, I think they're, like, I don't even think they're one of one, but I think it has, like, it's mostly CBD, but there's, mm-hmm. like, a, a smidge of THC. And, like, I felt, like, so relaxed, but also just a little, like, I took it before work because I was like anxiety and stress, but I was like a little too relaxed where I was kind of like, <laughs> I feel like I'm chilling too hard. I'm just going to stay at my desk and cancel all my meetings. So I like to describe CBD as that feeling when you leave a massage. Mm. You know, you leave a massage and your body's just like, oh, that was so awesome. And your body's definitely pretty relaxed. And to some people, they can't really be productive after a massage. Yeah. And some people can be. So it's just how far you can go with that post-massage feeling, but it it can be. And then having those trace amounts of THC, some people are super, super, super sensitive to THC. So for them, it's like even one milligram of THC in a serving will just make them feel really loopy. So me. Yeah, Yeah, my hand raised too. Also, ladies and podcast listeners, this all feels very much in the same realm, but I did a float for the first time. Oh, how was it? Speaking of like a post-massage bliss, I felt... 
like incapable of ever <laughs> feeling stressed again because my body was just nice. so I mean it's a cool experience it wasn't kind of like scary because you're like knocked in the dark I thought I was going to be I mean I the thought of being in a dark space for 90 minutes with yourself I think can and did sound really daunting but when you're in it it's like super 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 cool and your body and it's really great for like I can imagine it being really great for post training for any type of thing if you go to to ski or go up on the Mm -hmm. mountain any sort of like strenuous exercise just because of one what it does for the actual feeling of your body but then two just that sense of like zen and calmness and like presence Mm -hmm. I felt it it was so cool. We should all do it. I want to try it. that. Have you tried this, Rebecca? No, but I do want to try it because I saw it on an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I Homer and Lisa get into them and they like experience each other's things. So I, I wanted to do it for quite a while. The Simpsons the is just innovative. They are. They just know all the things. They really yeah. do. Speaking of knowing all the things. Ooh, <laughs> well, that was a good segue. <laughs> Great segue. I wanted to know um, about your trip to the Maldives. I, I feel like you're the only person I know that's ever been there. Yeah, sure, literally, I, I agree. Can't with that. Be the only I agree one. with that. Yeah, too. you're the only person I know that's ever been there, and especially oh. the fact that you've gone twice. I have and by yourself? No. Yes, both times. By Which is a very far journey to take. It, it is alone. So I'm just curious to know. Just tell me about this trip. Like, how did you decide to go to the Maldives? Like, okay, yeah. So, um, I usually try to take my big vacation in October. I know I took like a little mini one in May that was the exact same length of time. (laughs) (laughs) Hope nobody's tracking those timesheets. But uh, I just needed a break, like a a big like get as far away from everyone and everything as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Not taking that personally. No, not you guys. Literally everyone else. Just um, So I was investigating all these different places that I wanted to go to. The Maldives just kept popping up and like the standard kept emailing me because like they just opened it up. It's actually not officially open yet but um so they kept emailing me and like I like the standard and I like the Maldives and so I was like you know what I'll go so Mm -hmm. I booked the flight and I booked the hotel and I went over there and it took a very long time to get there I had to go from Portland to LA then LA to Incheon South Korea from South Korea to Colombo Sri Lanka Sri Lanka to Mali um, oh my gosh, Rebecca! Yeah, and then a then from Molly a seaplane to, <laughs> to this thing in turbulence. <laughs> that is so many gonna, flights. It was a lot. I felt like I was I felt stupid at a certain point, but I was like, <laughs> then I got there and I was like, okay, okay, it was all worth it because like some of the flights were only two hours, like L.A. Portland, L.A. and yeah. then like um, Sri Lanka to Molly is only two hours, also, but L.A. to Incheon is eleven hours, Jeez. and Incheon to Colombo is eight hours. So wait, so how many flights longest. did you take? One, two, three, four, like four, four, four and a half. I'm gonna say this. I, the, the seaplane doesn't count because I didn't know about the seaplane. <laughs> so, but then I got there. It was gorgeous. Like as I ex- uh, expected. What happened is the standard is actually like um, they took over this property that already existed, and so they're like putting all their brand and their final touches up, and so they just made it like very westernized, which had some benefits, but in other ways it was kind of like, oh, okay, I, I, I get it. Um, so they had an artist who Wait, was what do like, you mean? make so they. They painted all the overwater bungalows and they have pictures I can show you. And it's like a beautiful color palette. It's very nice. It's very westernized for sure. Um, And now they have like a music, like a jukebox 
like a above water one by the pool and all the activities are super like western lena but it's people go there to vacation to have a good time there Mm -hmm. were a ton of people there from like all these different places um internationally i made some friends um i made like some uh there was like this group of three chinese uh lady friends who had like gone there because that's their vacation like that's what they do on the weekends because they're so close they just go to the maldives (laughs) (laughs) they just go to the maldives because it's not that far from Mm -hmm. where they live and i was like oh man do i need to move over here (laughs) um that's so, amazing. Yeah, that and there were like families with children, and I made friends with a lot of the standard employees because, as I mentioned, like we had a mutual friend. But like, I mean, I was treated very well, probably because of that. Nice. No, they were they were all super nice, and like I saw what they were doing with the rooms that like they had uh, people had checked out of, like in terms of redecoration. It's really really beautiful. Like every room has a disco ball, and cool. like comes with scuba gear so you don't have to rent it. What? It comes with like a life jacket. That's ridiculous. It's so gorgeous. Like it's so beautiful. Um, I wish I had not had to leave, but alas, here I am. So what does one do for the period of time that you went there? A week? Uh, you just, I mean, honestly, chill? the first, yeah, the first few days I like decompressed. Then I like went out into the ocean and swam and like chilled got a really good tan i'm, yes. I'm peeling now you look um, beautiful thank yes. you i Radiant. read a lot yeah. i did a lot of like introspection i walked around the island a lot um chilled uh i didn't do any of the, like the off thing activities i probably should have gone snorkeling but i just didn't feel like it mm-hmm. so the next That's time amazing. next time i'll do more activity stuff I was wondering about that, though, because all the pictures I see, it seems like all the resorts are so secluded out on the ocean. Mm. So you said you walked around the island. Is there, like, a nightlife on the island at all? There was a nightlife. There was a... So there was a barbecue shack, and that was, like, a main bar, but then there was also one off the end of the bungalows, too. So there were, like, quite a few places to have, like, to turn up. Was this a part of the hotel, or this was, like... The whole island is theirs, yeah. Whoa. Oh, the whole island is part of the resort. Yes, the whole island. Oh, that's that's pretty much... I feel like that's how it's set up on most of the islands. So the Maldives is, like, um, a thousand plus islands. Most of them are inhabitable. Okay. And then a lot, like, most of those have been bought by, like, property developers. Okay. So... Every wow. So you're not really getting around. immersed in the culture when you're staying in a resort. If you stayed, like, if you had stayed culture. on the mainland in Mali, which was like an hour away, it's a bit probably more of that. But like, I'm sure that's probably super interesting as well. And I would love to go on the mainland um, eventually, but I like a nice island. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. That is super cool. Wow. Rebecca. And Rebecca's yeah, also I been to Fiji. To go next time. I okay. would love to go. Yeah, yeah. we should. Yeah. Go. I want to do like a girls trip. I think we should go. I think sign we have me a lot up. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll you're go. coming with. I'm coming. Um, well, guys, that's going to be all for today. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Rhonda, for being with us and giving us all yeah, of you. this so education much. on so many cool things. Um, I will try Mount Hood. I'll yes. give it a shot. Yeah, do it. Give it the old college try. Um, and, like, I would love to know if, like, any of our listeners have any, like, tips on and places that they like to go for, like, winter travel, what yep. they like to do. That would be really cool to know about. And uh, if anybody has any questions on how to get to the Maldives, uh, ask <laughs> Feel free to at the Russell. <laughs> get at me. And make sure you follow Rhonda at Snowflake Chaser. Mm-hmm. And uh, check out Homegrown Apothecary as well. Um, thank you, Farron, for bringing you, all your everyone. coziness. And that's it. Cool. Yay. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>